0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Rocklass Radio. On today's show, we have a very special guest at a very interesting time. His name is Sash aka Sashwat Gupta. He is an entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Altcoin Buzz. Sash has been crypto enthusiast since 2015 and entered the emerging cryptocurrency space full-time since 2016. His business expertise and and intensive knowledge in crypto space has helped shape Altcoin Buzz to what it is today. AltcoinBuzz is a popular global digital news and media organization based in Singapore. It delivers the latest news and opinions in the world of cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, blockchain gaming. Since its launch in mid-2017, Altcoin Buzz has generated over 370,000 subscribers, 30 million plus views on YouTube and 300,000 monthly website visitors and 135,000 followers on Twitter.
1: Hi, you are listening to RockLaz Radio.
0: A podcast discussing inspiring personalities and interesting things. This is your host, Tanmay Shah.
1: Tanmay is an India-based NFT artist and an entrepreneur with diverse business experience.
0: This podcast is self-sponsored.
1: The best way to support this show is to buy his art, NFTs. You can also become his patron. Kindly share this episode on socials and with your friends.
0: So, Sash, uh, welcome once again. It's so great to have you.
1: Yeah, thanks Tanmay. So nice to be here again. Last time didn't get recorded, but it was still a fun conversation, I feel. So yeah, nice to speak with you again. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. What have you been up to these days? I, I see you everywhere all the time on Twitter. Like if there is a spaces going on, Tanmay is there all the time. Like there's no spaces. There's no time I am on Twitter and Tanmay isn't on spaces. How do you manage everything? (laughs) so uh,
0: just uh, hustling trying to be there as much as possible i do my art and other things side by side as well as when i'm on spaces and then i've dedicated three hours every day to present myself every uh, on spaces and sunday the full day i am presenting i visit at least 10 spaces and um, on saturdays i run my own space for 12 hours from 10 a.m to 10 p.m and we host and cater to all all artists, collectors. It's NFT for all. So we update on the latest technology. If they are starting off, we give information on uh, what tools to use and some things that we learn from experience throughout our throughout our journey. Like my personal journey in the past sixteen months.
1: Right. So <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the spaces side, especially these NFT ones, work well for artists and all. But frankly, I've attended a bunch of them and I I can't really enjoy it. I've never enjoyed it. Like I leave in five minutes because it's like too much for me already. So like, how, how are you able to figure out which spaces to like be in or, or how to make it more interesting? Because like I jump in and, and either some music is playing or some people <laughs> are just, you know, talking about some stuff like I haven't like I've been to many of them, like I keep jumping onto spaces, hoping to find interesting information, but I feel like doing my own research and kind of reading stuff or, you know, finding more stuff has been more valuable as a collector or just trying to understand what's happening with art in the NFT space. So like, are you guys trying to target collectors with these spaces or just like talk within the artists and kind of pat each other's back? What's what's the goal with that?
0: (laughs) So with spaces that I run, it is for all the, all the things. It's for engagement. It's for getting to know us artists amongst us better and also yeah. for collectors. So we invite collectors and people who have been influential to talk about them, get some tips from them throughout the session. So people are interested in that. And to make it even more interesting, what I do is uh, we have one specific question every week so yeah. last to last week we talked about dreams so what are your dreams and what do you want to do in ahead then last week we were talking about colors like what is your favorite color and why and so on and so forth what project what new you are working on so there's one specific question so it's not just a boring shell space but it's more uh, communication then we also had a, had a talent show so Art may be the main talent, but there are so many talented people who sing, who play music, who do poetry, who do mimicry, and (laughs) so many things. And also, we have dedicated spaces. So, I had one space dedicated for abstract art. So, Mm -hmm. collectors related to that abstract art, specifically artists who are doing that. I even had an artist who is based in uh, Belgium, who wasn't in NFTs, but came in because he was an abstract artist. Right. So that and I also attend some there are very good spaces that happen on Sundays. So I will send you links. I don't remember the name back of my head, but they give an update of what has happened on in the week and what should one do, what should one be careful about, and so so on and so forth. Once you have seen many of the spaces, you know which host is doing what sort of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're relentless, man. Like the amount of dedication you have to, you know, doing this, it, it requires a lot of dedication and persistence to do what you do, right? Like I have that in certain areas, but with this one, I've yet to find, you know, my my sort of niche in it. Like I've not like, I go to spaces if I'm like invited to talk somewhere, I talk and I'm like, okay, that's it. That's more than enough for me. And yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Huh? So you, you just said that you, you did like, something to do with abstract art right like i still want to understand like how do you define the various genres of art within let's just say like visual art not even putting in photography and animation in right like how do you would how do you classify various types of art so there is
0: abstract where the person has to connect and feel like visually speaking the logical side of brain doesn't work there you have to uh, connect with it uh, differently try to find a story and it it just feels different that is abstract then there are like jackson pollocks
1: right like jackson pollock yeah. like basically. jackson pollocks yeah yeah i get it i have started enjoying that quite a bit uh, recently like some of this abstract art has really started speaking to me which which it didn't before and i started really visually enjoying some of it and and i think either i am becoming insane or i am becoming more mature (laughs) i can't decide what is happening but like some of these abstract arts release like it really does appeal to me quite a bit right like and and although like a lot of art that i enjoy has some kind of story happening like there are clues and stuff and then i can kind of visualize what could be happening what might be happening but but abstract is something new for me to enjoy like i really didn't find it fascinating earlier on yeah sorry what else So the colors display
0: different emotions. You see the textures going in. And especially Jackson Pollock, he said, me playing with those colors is the actual art and performance. And what is the painting is an outcome of it. So (laughs) there are different perspectives on this. So you just got to feel it. So then, then there are patterns, textures. Now people are also coming in. I'm also experimenting with 3D abstract art. Right. So there is motion and there is color as well. So you have light shades and motion in it. So this is one category. Then you have a good collection. I've seen a lot of collections. Uh, you have collected artworks of uh, figurative and artwork with stories, like the parrot, the bird with the snake, and uh, then. No, the I didn't collect that. Broken... So
1: what what I do is, like I spend so much time just finding artists and like making my list. Like I'm, I am i am just fascinated with everything which is happening in nfts of course so i didn't buy that one like I'm, I'm not really a smart buyer yet like i'm still learning but i have like this journey in collecting art right like I, and i'm loving it like i've been just so i've been making nfts personally since like early 2018 right like but that i didn't i didn't think of it much i'm not an artist like i'm not but i like to experiment with stuff but sort of what nft does is give a new canvas to all the artists and, and it kind of gives access for people like me who are just sitting in their home, far more access to all this art that we wouldn't have. Like people who are not part of galleries, who don't have, you know, access to being in these galleries now are suddenly just with Twitter, take a photograph or draw something and, and be there. And that changes everything. It's like, you know, earlier you could get Mail by post, but then email came and everybody could connect with the you. internet you with a lot more people in a much lesser time period. It's good and bad, and I kind of we can we can talk about that good and bad aspect of it later. But but the fun part of it is that I have been just going nuts, just looking at so much art. So something that really sticks out, I kind of put it in my featured pick of the day or featured art piece of the day. Just you know to keep I keep that as a bookmark for myself because i'm i don't know how do you bookmark other people's posts but i just bookmark it for myself and i have a post and and i've been enjoying that journey quite a bit i buy some art uh, but the stuff that i feature it's usually not uh, not something i have bought i try to buy it later on if it is available or whatever like it's not like i think next 5 years i want to have a good collection my collection right now <laughs> is nothing to be excited about or proud about like i, I don't even know how you got access to my collection. I haven't shared, shared my links in many places, uh, but yeah. I mean, if you see my stuff on Twitter, it's mostly not my stuff.
0: But you have bought my art, uh, Death Trap.
1: So, how and why? So, can you tell me about that? So, I was like in a spaces you were talking about it and uh, it was the time when like the, the war stuff was a bit crazy and, and I'm the kind of guy who likes efficiency with stuff, right? So, if I'm going to contribute to like the, the efforts of people in the war, people who've been affected, I might go via a trusted party who's who's done the research to help out and send money to the right people. So you said most of the part of a part of that art goes to those people, and I thought that was a cool piece as well. It was dark enough for me to buy it, and so I, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get it, and and it, it was just easy for me to get it, and and uh, I, I think. I've just been seeing the amount of effort you put into just being there and helping people out and stuff. And like just doing something small for you was not something that bothered me too much. And like that's the least I kind of feel that was do. However, for me, like it's always about the art and less about the artist. And then the third category would be like where I really want to be part of something just for fun and that was in that like it was in somewhere between the first category and the third category where I thought the art was cool and I felt like it has something attached to it but I didn't think too much of it it's not like an investment or anything like it's just part of my collection I don't I don't even know if I'm an art investor when it comes to NFTs right like I have a pretty expensive physical art collection that you know like which is actual paintings and stuff uh but from the nft side so far i haven't ever bought a blue chip yet because it's going to take me two years to even understand what's happening in the space in five years to become a somewhat decent investor in art and i think all of us have a really long way to go like i got into the crypto space in 2016 right like you said and like even till now i'm like just just having fun because the thing is changing so fast if you make up your mind that this is it and it's not going to change well it changes right so the journey is a lot of fun uh...
0: So change is the main thing uh, in NFTs. There's so many new technologies coming in. So one of uh, one of your questions was, which platform are you on? You asked me on Twitter. Yeah. So which platform and why? So I am majorly on OpenSea. So there are so there were so many platforms coming and going. So I was like, let me just stick to the main platform, OpenSea. I've got seventy artworks now. So till hundred, I'll keep adding to that. Yeah. Exceptions are platforms that have completely different technology or t- they are 10x different or 10x better. Yeah. So that is something that I'm looking forward to. And I found one place like that. It's called Async Art. So what it does is I've already minted that I'll be doing a drop party in a week. So I've created an NFT that changes with time.
1: Yeah.
0: It can yeah. replace your clock. So 24 hours, there'll be 24 different versions of the NFT. So 24 NFTs packed in one NFT that change automatically with time. So owner doesn't have to do anything. It is all there on the blockchain. It will be eternal. So that was something cool. Um, My upcoming project would be interactive NFTs. You hover your mouse and the NFT also interacts or changes with you. So that is something cool I'm looking forward to. And uh, then, of course, there is foundation, there is Tezos and all that all a bit same but then i am also thinking of doing collaborations and um, manifold and tree web third web are some recommendations that i got for custom contracts so yeah. i can have i can decide the proportions of splits i can decide when what how much royalty and so on yeah. so that and that reflects on open and foundation both Apart from all this, league one one goal is to go on super rare as well. I mean, you might have heard this from many people. Yeah. So what super rare is doing is uh, just as the name, they have made it super rare and uh, very. They have a tough selection process, and they select a couple of works. And even people who are investing in the PFPs and big crypto investors, they they like to collect from super rare and then uh, they foundation open c and they have their each picks so uh, that's how that that's uh, my perspective on which platform
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's good like my my problem was as a buyer right like i was i was trying to find out work of this artist and, and i like to have my own journey right like for me, I want to spend my own time figuring out if I like the art and then if I need to dwell deep into just checking the genuinity of the artist and seeing, you know, what, where all the collection is. Like, I was checking out this person's art and, and it's like, he has one collection on uh, this one particular website and another one on OpenSea. And third one is on Twitter, which is not minted at all, which is not anywhere. So I'm like, how, I mean, how how do I choose, right? Like, how do I find out everything? It's not... It's pretty badly organized for artists right now. And I think a lot of things will change over time. Right now, it's it's just a mess for anybody to do research or even find out about artists or look at like their entire journey, right? Like for me, what has been really good for the last one year and specifically with the art side that I've been just following for the last four or five months is I've seen artists journey themselves, right? Like you can see their art evolve or change or improve or You know, become worse or whatever. Right, like that's just my opinion. But but that 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 is what I really enjoy. Right, like you can see somebody's progression and that that's beautiful. Right, like that's an artist's journey, which is kind of cool. Right, like and then you can say, hey, maybe this is an investable artist because you can see the improvement as well. And you know, if they survive next two years, five years, and keep at it, they will they will go places. So, like I always look at things from two perspectives like the first one is always the art like if the art appeals to me it's like wow like this is amazing and that is the only reason why i feature any art in my features i don't care about the artist i don't care about you know the story behind the art and i make my own stories with most of them like the artist could have their own thing but i have my own thing that's me just having fun just purely because of good art right and then the second one is me trying to invest right like really trying to see And in that, I try to ideally pick up two pieces of an artist, maybe not instantly, but one and the other one I might pick up in four, six months. But the goal is that, you know, that is now more investment. So even if I sell one, I have one, and the other one I make, you know, at least recover my initial investment so I can put it back again. So that's sort of the thought process. And and then the third one is usually like when I wanna help a cause or something and somebody is doing something cool, not essentially to support artists per se, uh, simply because I think there are a lot of artists that make one or two NFTs and and then they keep crying about the fact that nobody's like buying their <laughs> NFT. And I'm like, dude, you have like one NFT. Like I, on your Twitter page, you've just promoted one for the last like 15 days. I can't see anything else. There is nothing on OpenSea. So like, w- w- what what are you getting concerned about? But that, that happens, right? Like that is that it is what it is like with more exposure comes more people and uh, and i am i am yeah. feeling like i'm enjoying and learning more about art and my selection my eye is getting better and i i cannot i i love this process like what, what the journey i'm doing i think i'm gonna have a blast next few years
0: yeah absolutely you had tweeted this just after you had bought my work that buying a Tanmay NFT is equal to investing in matic in 2019 so yeah. why was that what was that about uh
1: i, I don't know man like I, I thought i thought you're cool man i think you're undervalued you do so much work see at the end of the day art may not appreciate there's a lot of great art out there right like but at the end of the day it is only the artist legacy that defines the value of the art right like and 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 people who kind of put their effort and be consistent, be persistent, have a no-give-up attitude, uh, will definitely survive in this space. And survival is massive in this space where a lot of people will not, right? So, uh, one of the things I try to do is by art of people, I think, have that survivor instinct and kind of like are willing to go through certain suffering, pain and losses still keep at it and, and finding such people makes it interesting. And I and I and I know the journey of the Matic founders. Like I know Sandeep from even before the Matic IEO took place. And I've been following them since before like the Binance launch pad, etc. And and like seeing their journeys like they they they're really hardworking people who have a no-give up attitude, zero egos, like wanting to help everyone, wanting to really build like the space in India, building the space globally, build the space for technologists, build the space for Ethereum, like whatever they can do. And it's and it's and it and it did very well for them and everybody who believed in them, right? So, like I'm I wanted to give you some kind of inspiration to say, like, keep at it, man, you'll be fine. And at the same time, like, you know, put out a cool tweet.
0: <laughs> so you achieved both. Yes, that was very inspiring for me. And this, especially this period that we are facing a uh, bearish market you'll see a lot of those uh, wannabe artists filtered out <laughs> so that's good now you you can you can see through that so one of your other question was what are the pros and cons for me for being in the nft space so pros as you mentioned it has opened a whole new ball game to reach out to people around the world Uh, not just limited to a local gallery and selling artwork from there. So local gallery, we have to wait. Suppose in Bombay, there is JJ Art uh, Gallery. That is one of my my ambition was there to put art there. But there is two, three years waiting period and you need to have certain number of artworks for that. You need to have a lot of amount also to uh, pay for the exhibition there. So even after all that, you have to give... Forty to fifty percent to the gallery or the uh, the galleries there, so this was a hurdle and doing all that things also. People visiting there will be just the people who are in that city for those seven days or ten days. Yeah. It's very local, but with the NFTs we can display our art twenty four seven around the world on our own terms. Yeah, how much uh, and just give a couple of uh, percentage to the platform. Or yeah. if we are doing custom contract, then the custom contract. So art is displayed, and you know what? I I sold my physical artworks also because of NFTs and shipped it to Seattle, US, and other places around the world. Yeah. So rolled it and shipped it. NFTs backed by physical artwork. So this is this is there. Other point is, posting art on Twitter was just getting likes. We are we are doing it for passion. We like to do it. Uh, we would get likes. Uh, but now we can earn from it. Even the digital digital graphics or digital art that we create, we can make money out of it. And people who like it so much can own it, can uh, have the provenance of that and sell it afterwards, after 10 years, when the artist becomes very famous, the the value will be 10x, 100x more than what they had purchased for. And also it maintains the provenance. Uh, who has bought it from when? Which is the original one? If it is a copy or not? Yeah. So there was, <laughs> uh, there was one art which was auctioned uh, by uh, Christie's or Sotheby's uh, that was published as last artwork or the last work of uh, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, Monday or something. The painting sky. It was yeah. Jesus face of Jesus and with his hand mm-hmm. like that. So. That became that was a controversy again um if it is original or not who has yeah. who else has done it and then there were people to verify that there's a very cool podcast on this so yeah. the people verifying it also are like yes people who if they are if they are they will talk in favor of the person selling it
1: so oh, yeah. that comes for sure so this, like that's that's the basis of blockchain any which ways right like this issue is why NFT art is so exciting in the first place. Like we've seen, right? Like I, I've seen that documentary about, uh, what was that auction house that that gallery that shut down after they had bought like a lot of Jackson Pollock, etc., and they were selling it to people for millions. That was fake, right? Like literally, uh, it was like the biggest downfall of the art, uh, like trust in in general, right? And and actually, blockchain preserves that trust, and that's where like some of the more interesting things happen with it. So yeah, I, I totally hear you like that, that problem prominence is really like, which gets fixed really very nicely. And and you can see all the trades that have happened, all the exchanges that have happened. And it, it's kind of clean as well, right? Like it's kind of never maintained properly in uh, the real world space. Like I've, I bought some art which is really expensive and there is no certificate of authenticity with it, etc. They're like, this is how it works. I'm like, what? This is how it works? <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, but it is what it is. Like, If you bu- want to buy some art which is really like epic and legendary, like those artists don't care. Like, If you don't believe it's there, then it's your problem, not theirs. right?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This, the whole blockchain technology is so awesome for that. The leisure keeping part of it of course uh, you um, we all can see our coin buzz and find out all the applications for that so about art there is one more aspect the royalty aspect that is very unique to this because it maintains record and yeah. after the second third fourth sale in throughout the years the buy automatically the, uh, the creator will get to, uh, get its royalty yeah. that is not possible in physical uh, market once yeah. it's sold you you don't know where it is going who it is being sold forward to yeah. isn't it that's not practical that's not feasible not the time to track as well so that all is possible automatically to this also uh you might have heard of Fandify, and there are some other things that are coming up that will also let the second and the third buyer also to earn royalty so not just the creator but also the first and second buyer who have initially supported or initially got into the work, so they also can earn royalty from that. So all that aspect is possible because of the blockchain and the underlying technology of uh, NFTs. So this, but uh, as you mentioned, what are the cons? Or these are these are all the pros. Cons are a couple of things that you have to market yourself. Uh, in the traditional world, the gallerist will market for you. They have their lists and they contact people and so on and so forth. But now you have the artist or the creator himself or herself have to grow and talk about their artwork. So Why? most... Uh,
1: Hold on. So I I make like this series I said, right? Daily art selection about artists that I just like or art I just like. Like, w- what do you mean like artists need to promote themselves? If you make good art, people would promote you. Like people care about good stuff nowadays. Like I think that's that might be a little extreme i think good art speaks for itself right like the artists don't really need to go a bit over the top crazy like being involved building a community is fun that's that's not the issue but i think good art will still speak for itself and i think absolutely and i think there will be enough people promoting good art and there will be more people promoting good art because now they can own it so i kind of feel down market is something which will really balance things out like i think a lot of honeymoon period happened for artists when you know it was like oh is is gonna go to like ten thousand dollars and we will all make all kinds of money now Eith is like thousand dollars and there is a bit of issues with that however like i think i think right now it's too early to bother about marketing right like the key is collection and kind of building core loyal community right which is very easy to have uh rather than trying to be in the eyes of everyone because most of the collectors me included right like we don't know anything like that's what i feel like all the nft collectors probably learned whatever they did in less than a year it'll take us five years to start making sense of what we are doing right so So yeah my perspective was
0: see for me to reach you also if i wouldn't have done done anything if i wouldn't have gone up on that space and spoken you would have never seen me that's great. And we want more people who are uh, retweeting or creating threads like you to come up. That will I think we were propose. always
1: supposed to meet man. If you've been sitting <laughs> in your house, I would have come like deliver some food or something <laughs> to you and I would have found you. I think we were destined to meet, man. What are you saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind of you. And I, I would have the spaces because I joined a random space and you were talking. I joined a space because you were talking on that space. Like I kind of followed you before. <laughs> I joined that space, so yeah, like it's fine. See, at the end of the day, I I'm not I'm not for it. I'm not against it. See, at the end of the day, my job is I'm an observer, right? I am not judging people. What is right? What is wrong? But I feel that having preconceived notions in this space, like what what I dislike, is that a lot of artists are trying to change their style to kind of fit this NFT space, and I think that the reverse should be happening now for the artists It's the first time they can be a hundred percent themselves and they don't they can be out in the world to millions of people like this opportunity will never come again like in two years time there will be hundred time more artists out there right now it's still very very small so like all the artists out there have an opportunity to do 100 percent whatever they want to do and they will find a bunch of people that like it and, and i can clearly see some artists that really just do their work of things that they like. And it's so easy to see some artists that are just trying to do a bunch of things to figure out. Either they're trying to find their style, which is respectable. Or, or some of them are trying to be like, hey, like that art for this guy is doing well. Maybe I should do something like that. And it's not them. I think the truest form of an artist will be when they're producing things which makes them happy. And then the user or or not the user, like the collector will have to figure out if he likes the art for themselves or not. And I think we are are a bit, we're not too close to that space. It'll take a little more time for a lot of NFT artists to get confident enough to get to that stage. And that's where you will see this beautiful art, which everybody has their own genuine style popping out. And, And a lot of it is there. A lot of it is there. A lot of it will evolve.
0: That, what you're saying, is the most idle way. Artists focusing on their own art being original to themselves and just focusing on creating and not bothering about marketing or reaching out to potential. That would be something very classy. I hope we reach that very quick. No, but right now is
1: the space, right, Tanmay? The thing
0: is... I I want to also give you an example from the traditional time. So, Vincent Van Gogh is... His work is amazing. Most... uh, Starry Night is one of the most famous paintings. Uh, his work sells for millions and millions. But he didn't earn a dime in when he was alive. Yeah. So that happened only after his death. On the other hand, Picasso, who's also a celebrated artist, but he got all his wealth when he was alive because of what main reasons were his networking skills. He used to go to cafes or places where people hang out and talk about art in Spain, around the world. He displayed there. So that gives an edge that networking part or just for somebody to know know that, okay, this person exists or this artist is there that for the initial takeoff, it is required. I I believe that. I get
1: it. I get it. But I I feel like in the NFT space, way too much emphasis is given on marketing, right? Like it gets annoying after a point of time, right? Like uh, at least from, from my perspective, right? Because, uh, because I really feel, and it's not like I find it annoying. I'm like, if the artist was not doing all that much, like just putting it out there is good enough, right? Like doing a bit is good enough. Like comparing Picasso to like Van Gogh is a bit extreme. Like during Van Gogh's time and even before, there were many, many artists who are very popular now uh, were much, much poorer than the poorest of the contemporary artists that exist today. So I kind of feel that, I kind of feel that you know like the emphasis on marketing is a bit too much on the nft side which which really shouldn't be the case because it is so much simpler to get yourself out there without being a little bit overboard right like and and what you do is not like i'm not saying it's this is not about you per se because you're learning so much and and you're trying to share more ideas you're helping so many people along the way right like i of the few talks of yours that i've been to you like you're not so much into shilling you're, you're like exploring learning getting into new ideas so your journey is pretty cool right i, I, I pretty much uh, want to learn as much as i can from you simultaneously uh, but 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 i think there is too much emphasis on marketing and shilling and like putting it out there which even the artists kind of don't like all the time like they're doing it because it's a trend but many of them i've seen they don't enjoy doing that and and i think nobody now, enjoys no now is the time when possibly doing less is fine and building your collection because people will find you like this is my thinking if your art is great you you should find me but if I find your art great, I will find you. Like, there is no way, like, I i won't be gone through all as many artists as I can in the next five years, right? And there'll be new ones coming and I'll be following. I've done this with altcoins, right? When I got into the space, they, they were like 500 coins or something, right? Like, now there are 20,000, 000, 25,000 000 coins out there, right? I, I still follow them as religiously. Like, it's my job to be updated and figure out what's happening. And I think the nft space but as of now like building a collection and just a few loyal followers is going to be so strong in the next 2 years because it's it's how good you are in 2 years and how how sorted you are in 2 years that will matter right now doing anything with a small collection is is not going to be the thing right like artists can get discovered late stage like you're talking about van gogh or they can get discovered early stage but an artist cannot define when they get discovered. It happens when it happens. Shilling ain't going to help it. Like, it's, it is it is what it is, right? Like, uh, Shilling
0: without the art doesn't help. So, at least... Yeah. Uh, so, uh, moderate level of shilling or just putting the work out for you to have reposted those artwork, the artist themselves had to first tweet it out there, right? They, they had to let you know that, okay, this art exists. So, that's how you people retweet it. And maybe, that.
1: maybe not, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Right? I, I, I'm not sure. Like one of the art that I posted was, like I was just searching for, like I wanted to get like a Van Gogh inspired thing, which wasn't Van Gogh, which is like something different. So I found this amazing artist. Broken that, broken plate, which yeah, has... Was, uh, like shards uh, of like a vase that Van Gogh's painting was on and he's painted that and, and I just fell in love with a lot of his artwork and I bought it instantly. I wanted to buy another piece of his... Which was like hyper realistic it's like a painting in which a veil like a cloth has been put on top and every time i send it to somebody like check out this art they're like can you remove the cloth but the cloth is painted oh. on. so beautiful right and uh like i people will discover good artists. how did
0: you discover that i just did like it?
1: like interesting van Gogh paintings and i went through like even i guess thousands of images till i shortlisted it but Here's the thing, right? Like, true collectors will find good art. Like, good el- collectors will find good art if if you're just there, right? Like, it's not going to be so tough. Like, the, my problem isn't with chilling. My problem is time. Like, artist time can actually be spent more wisely or in creating a style for themselves. Pushing branding, like, making sure that they're branded in a way that they want to be. Finding themselves, right? Like, more than... More than trying to just put the art out there and hoping somebody would buy it for 0. 0.1 ETH or 1 ETH or 2 ETH or whatever and being happy about it. Because that might happen and you might survive. But but it's it's without the long term, no artist becomes a legend. And at the end of the Absolutely. day, at the end of the day, very few of artists that exist now will have a legendary status in five years and without like properly focusing on who they are and putting it out in their art nobody will become a legend like what i am looking for is many artists will not be able to reach their and fulfill their complete potential by the time the next bull run comes and 100 <laughs> times more artists come in right like it is bound to happen but if you are ready and and you have focused much more on your art on your content then you will stand out much more right now shipping to useless investors like me is useless right like we guys like me or or many many of the collectors that i've seen right like they they're not themselves ready for it so you're 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 selling stuff to people who don't matter like i'm not important i'm not important maybe oh, yet of course you be. are <laughs> in five years maybe i will be right like as a collector i'm i'm just I'm, i have no thesis like i'm still in my journey to build an art collection thesis i just like stuff and i buy it i'm not i'm yeah, still so
0: that's the point right everybody is a collector nobody's useless everybody collects what they like so it's just about reaching out there and one more con that i wanted to talk about was until now in the 16 months what i've seen is most of the collectors have been crypto natives who have already been in the crypto market, who have a lot of Ethereum, or yeah. they know about crypto, or they're expecting crypto to go up and down. So crypto native, basically. Yeah, It will be awesome when the non-crypto native come up and collect art, who are already collecting in big galleries, who are already doing that. So those people trying to come in and collect NFTs, that would be something that I look forward to and hope happens soon. So what, what do you think about that? That's
1: what that? I'm trying to do, man. Like... uh. I like I said, like I I knew exactly what NFTs can be done. What you're talking about dynamic NFTs, I experimented with that in 2018, right? Like NFTs that will change depending on circumstance. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's you know over time it corrodes over time. A lot of things can be put into these NFTs, and 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 I learned about all these concepts when I studied NFTs way back, and I even minted in 2018, right? So, so when I Figured that out. Like I got into understanding art first. Like I I think buying NFTs without understanding art, like my journey, I, I don't have one. So I started it a bit in 2019, but things were hard. I had to focus on building my company, doing my work. So it's only in 2021 early that I started looking into art. And first thing I did is bought physical art. Like for me, like till I have at least a couple of million dollars physical art collection, then how, how do you kind of, get into like NFTs like so NFTs for me is a much much smaller part of my portfolio and and it's going to be for the next five years like slowly I, I try to get more actual real world physical art as much as possible and then like for me I like digital quite a bit like any NFTs that I like and it has an actual physical art to it that that, that makes me super happy and I have, most of the art that even buying I, I think I like to possess like a physical piece Uh, of it so far but i don't know like this is me right like this is just my style like i just prefer that because how did your process of physical
0: art collection start
1: or uh, how do you do that so for for me i wanted to understand so art is art right whether it's nft is just a new canvas so for me i was like let's start from talking to people who understand Investing, buying real art, etc. So I went to as many galleries, made calls to anyone I could find. To, that's how I started with old coins as well. Like first thing I did is talk to all technologists, anybody who I could find to figure out what is this crypto space, right? So when I tried to start this journey in the NFT art space, I realized nobody knew anything. Like most of the collectors didn't even understand the kind of art they were buying. Like it was like, oh, there is a hype around it, and this artist is good. And I'm like, how did you define it was good? The guy has made only six months, NFTs for six months. Like there is no provenance, which is like, you know, gone years, right? That doesn't exist. So I'm like, this is messed up. So I first need to go back to the roots, understand how that works, invest in some real world art, like get myself, you know, if if I either I make a lot of money through that real world art or I will lose some money from it. But like, I, I kind of like, and then, sort of like in the real world, art—it's like stuff below thirty, forty thousand dollars—is not really high-end investable art. Like you may not get anything on a sale. Like you just collect it and you keep it, and you never might be able to sell it. It's—it's it's over forty, fifty thousand dollars is when, you know, the the investable side starts coming in. And how do these artists become more investable? What what makes them more valuable? right? Like, is it the amount of art that they've sold or who bought them? And it's it's very similar to how it works with watches, right? Like why is Rolex and Patek Philippe and Audemars Piguet uh, and, and Richard Mille, right? Like top brands, whereas there are many companies that are making as good watches, even more expensive watches that are not as celebrated as brands. So the whole idea of understanding how provenance works, how marketing actually works over time, because One of the most expensive pieces of art that I bought is, like, it was auctioned by Audi in, like, China. Like, it was actually uh, not auctioned. It was, like, made for a specific sort of campaign that Audi was doing. And and it's, like, really this massive, really beautiful piece that was featured in the advertising. And the the artist is already very celebrated uh, there as well. And some of the other pieces I bought, like, is by an artist who's, who's like called the next Picasso, like after, like the next Picasso by, you know, celebrities like Michael Caine is owned by Russell Brandt. And another one that I bought is, uh, is, is is like there with, the, what was Iron Man's name? The the actor. Um, and, and Robert Downing. Yeah. Robert and, Downing Jr. And, 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 and frankly, like I've been trying to spend both, like my journey is both ways, becoming an art investor, Where I care more about the valuation. uh, And then the other one is my own art journey to understand uh, art appreciation, where I don't Mm -hmm. care if I own the art or not, where I'm just trying to figure out what I like. Because when I look at art, it it every time it shows me something which is a piece of myself, or I discover something in it which you know, tells me a story of its past and the future, I don't need to know about the artist. Like sometimes you listen to music, it just makes you feel something which you feel, which may not be the intention or may, or like, which is your journey with that particular music form, depending on the stage of life you are in and how you feel about it. So I'm trying to do both, right? Like become a smarter investor, which will be 90% of my portfolio. And then, you know, just buy stuff that appeals to me that might be, or 5% and then possibly like a small percentage that I do just to help a cause or something and eventually when I make more money like my cause investment will increase my investment will reduce and my passion investment will go further right like I have like sort of a mental plan for the next Mm -hmm. few years of what needs to be done and and I'm I'm loving every moment of it.
0: So did you go to galleries or events or how did you Get to know about these artworks. Or through yeah, Twitter so I, I or went through.
1: to galleries and I spoke to people who were selling art. I, I spoke to artists that that have been making art for like decades now uh, of the problems that they faced in the space. Because at the end of the day, like it's easy to become an NFT artist and complain, hey, nobody's buying my art. But kind of understand <sighs> like these problems have been pretty much solved by you know other artists who've been doing this for maybe you know, 10, 20, 40 years. So kind of learning their journey and how you can make your life easier and then understanding the problems of the NFT space from people who understand crypto and kind of then building your own brand, kind of building your own sense, kind of building your own, you know, collection and kind of like doing your own thing.
0: What is more important for you? Art that resonates with you at different levels or art that will sell more in future time?
1: Both, man. Like I said, 80% of my finance will go into collective, like investable art. Uh, and and maybe 15% will go into art that resonates with me and 5% will go into charitable ideas, right? So this is my thinking right now, but that's just my money going in. The time I spend on understanding art that resonates with me, uh, and I think my time is more valuable sometimes than my money, uh, goes with stuff that I appreciate more because my journey to appreciating art is far more fascinating uh, though the investment side is fine as well like but art again my nft investment or art investment is a very small part of my portfolio so it's yeah i will
0: bring back to two again uh, points of this uh, one one you said that focusing more on the artwork nobody gets famous with 100 200 artworks uh, they have they this was the actual conversation we were having on twitter yeah. They need to have an army of collectors, like the real world uh, auctioneer, a uh, well-known person who has been collecting art. Told the person who tweeted that. So uh, this uh, Picasso had created over 50 000 to 60 thousand artworks over his lifetime. Hmm. Even Van Gogh's was doing artwork each and every day. Like every 34 hours, he was doing a an artwork. So that's what where the consistency will coming and sustainability of the artist, as you're t- telling out, will come in. The second point about pros of NFTs was, again, uh, like the our, our, our case, like you bought the NFT from me that I was specifically dedicated and supporting to the Ukraine and the war cause. So I found out about the P, uh, NGOs that were accepting crypto and actually working over there. So I've digged in, I did search, I found out the Google Drive, which had all the bills that they bought, photographs of the people they have helped, and so on. So i shortlisted that from many others and i dedicated that 50% of this and the one which had done earlier 100% of that was going to that organization right and i was able to do that that's another big point of blockchain and nfts you can contribute to cross national cause or anywhere you can accept do anything without any restrictions us has us had banned swift uh, that just stops the whole chain of international transactions, right? But yeah. now I can reach to the person directly into their wallet who needs it at that moment and support them in that way. So that's another yeah. power of uh, this yeah, crypto blockchain At the end and of
1: the day, if people want to contribute with it, guys like you who always want to do good can always figure out a way to do good, right? Like blockchain just makes it easier, right? Like people want to do good did good when we had no internet did good when we had no ships people did good when they had to do good right like it just makes it easier to find out about problems that are happening in different part of the world but you could always help a neighbor out if he's in distress like doing good is doing good so i'm i'm with you 100% uh and and but like it's there are people like me who who cannot like who like to support people who can figure out where good is needed to be done right like people run charities so that people can support them because they want to dedicate their lives to do good. And I think everyone in this world has their own stake in things that they intend to do. Um, And I kind of felt that you seem like a, you know, straight up guy who wanted to actually help a cause and would have done your research. And you kind of spoke about it on some of your tweets. So I'm like, yeah, like, like here is my opportunity. So I did what I did. I also,
0: I also found that it was my moral responsibility to give the proof of my donation. So I had given you after that, I had created an NFT of the donation and the transaction hash. And.
1: You given, know, in my collection, it looks pretty ugly, just sticks out. <laughs> I don't like that sticking out. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. So, I see my collection and, and your receipt is kind of sticking out.
0: <laughs> that had to be more artistically done. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers flying here and
1: there. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I see my collection like, and, I, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I click on it. And I'm like, this is my Shah this guy you now he knows how to how to kind of get attention even here
0: <laughs> yeah so uh, thanks for that so let us uh, about uh, we talked about helping and doing good so another concept which was in my mind was microfinancing and that can be done with uh, cryptos and uh, blockchain so i wanted to take the discussion in the more monetary aspect of uh, cryptos and blockchain and staking and how can uh, microfinancing be done at micro level and people given out loan so that's a future thing but let's just talk about the core concepts of uh, DeFi that is happening and what changes that have you seen in this bear market with sell shares and other people that had promised but didn't go deliver as well so let us start talking as people are five-year-olds or they don't completely new to DeFi. Yeah. So how would you introduce that concept to them? Your, your
1: question is all over the place. Huh? So one time, one aspect you're talking about microfinancing and how that can be done. And then you're saying how, what is happening with Celsius or the other projects <laughs> that are suffering? Like, come on, man. Like there is no connection between the two <laughs> so, questions. So, uh,
0: oh yeah, we will... What do you want to go first, uh, microfinancing, or you want to go with DeFi? So okay, let's talk about DeFi. How is? Uh... I think
1: let's let's just talk about crypto in general, right? Like what's happening in this space right now. Uh, what what can be done and what I think needs to be done from. I think most of your community are NFT people, so let's just talk about that. Uh, I kind of feel that one of the biggest challenges. And one of the biggest problems, actually, I'm writing this article right now. Like, I started writing this, like, three days ago, but I barely get any time to write. But it's called, like, How to Become a Legendary NFT Artist, right? Like, and, and, and these things will be all a part of it. Like, I kind of feel that NFT artists and people who want, who are just artists in general, right? When they get swayed away by the greed of crypto, right? They will fuck up their careers. Like, that's kind of written in stone, right? Like like don't become speculators if you are not a speculator like if the nft space is making you into speculator of eth or an investor of eth when you don't want to be and you just want to like become a big artist your artist opportunity is massive right now everything else is distracting you from becoming the best artist that you can be like eth is a distraction bitcoin is a distraction twitter is a distraction Right, supporting people and doing everything random is a distraction. Like legendary artists, a lot of people can be legendary, right? Like, but they don't reach their goal because of all these distractions. And I think crypto as a space has a major problem of distracting people because everywhere you look, there is an opportunity. So, whether your opportunity lies with you being an artist or being something else is something you need to figure out. But, but don't be a speculator in ETH if you're not wanting to be like if this space is making you a speculator in ETH don't become one like price your product like your art at a level you're happy to buy if ETH goes down fix it if it goes up fix it consistency is something every buyer will appreciate and they will see that you don't care about ETH all you care about is your art in a year's time it will be appreciated there are a lot of right things which are right morally ethically but in crypto because it the space is crazy it just people overlook some of these basic things right like your paintbrush or your artwork or your rental or anything that you're paying as an artist is not going up and down it's remaining the same in in the currency of your country then why is it that the money that you're earning you're willing to gamble that on it like why not keep your business simple because art as an opportunity is going to be massive like you will make more money as a legendary artist than you can ever make as an nft speculator like this is such a hard fact absolutely and and you cannot be believing in eth more than you believe in your art like imagining that eth will go 5x and you'll make five times the more money is pittance, right like as a legendary artist you can make 500 times more the money like it's There's a world of difference between the time and effort spent to becoming a legendary artist versus time and effort spent into, you know, trying to manage your finances because ETH has gone down. Like it's, there is, so that, yeah, that's, that's like my two cents on the matter. And I feel very passionately about this because a lot of artists will not reach to their epitome, will not reach their goal because they will get stuck into this rut. And this NFT space and the ETH space is going to be crazy, like it is crazy.
0: So the artists that I talk to and who are genuinely artists and doing art for art's sake, they're not much concerned about ETH. Uh, it, they, their only concern starts when, okay, I had, when they want to withdraw or when they need the money for their personal things. That's just the place where they comment about it. But most of them are not concerned about ETH prices. We are all or uh, most of us, including me, are happy that we got the platform and Ethereum in the first
1: place. Tanmay, this is now, in six months' time, in one year's time, you will complain. The problem is that... <laughs> complain you're... about what? It's going down? It's not going back up again or not being completely inconsistent or your price uh-huh. of the art being... So, here's the thing, right? Like, there is a short term and then there is a long term. Mm-hmm. And managing... So, if you're not complaining... And my problem isn't nobody's complaining now. Of course, you're not. But, but I've seen this space long enough to know that things get really out of control. Like, I've suffered through the previous bear market and how I've survived and how i got my company to survive and the silly mistakes that I've done, I won't be repeating them again. I'm just trying to make sure that at least the artists don't repeat that silly so shit. Can you sh- tell happened.
0: us more about that? Uh, I would love to
1: know that. What, what ha- exactly happened and what... Were so the a exactly lot happened, happened, right? So, I, I mean, 2017, we had a major bull market. That's when I kind of started Altcoin Buzz and started like doing what we started to do. Uh, we we were just new, right? So we we were un- we're still unfunded. Like my company has no funding. Like it's just like us doing whatever we want to do, and uh, like I was like we're starting this, and the goal was as I learned, my experiences and my journey, I kind of put across in a medium which was YouTube to begin with, and started putting out content. I did all the research. My partner Jeff was like putting out all the all the content and all out there and then we started putting stuff on twitter and we realized the research and the content we were doing people liked it and uh, like 2018 it went from like 1500 400 1450 dollars to like 400 and lower and then it went to 200 and it was at 200 for two years like they and and 2018 19 20 like surviving during that time i kind of felt that There was a lot of times we wanted to like trade and gamble and a lot of time I wasted in these silly activities where I could have just focused on my business, which I'm doing this time. Like last one and a half years, now we're just focusing on building and making sure that in the next few years, we are one of the more relevant media outlets out there. And it's not easy to be that because like our news is always late because we just don't take the news and publish it. We look at how much is the source correct. A lot of things we look into. uh, And... And building a business or kind of really, it takes time, right? Like really to get from A point to to B point from in like an organizational perspective, it takes time. So again, like I was super bullish, right? So all my money, uh, all my company's money when ETH was at like seven, $8,000 uh, of BTC, we, we I mean, we had a bunch of BTC and all my money was in BTC. A lot of altcoin buzz money that we had to pay salaries out of was in BTC, and then we realized that hey, like, uh, it's going from like eleven thousand to seven thousand dollars or something. So I kind of took a loan on it, you know, like I I put it as collateral and took a loan on. And we were secure till four thousand dollars. Like I was like, Bitcoin is never gonna go to four thousand dollars again. And then when it corrected below four thousand, went to thirty six hundred. Like we lost everything. Like literally, like having started the company in two thousand seventeen by by March of 2020, we had $0 in our entire holdings, right? And it was painful because that was the time I realized, like, focusing on your work is the most important part. Speculating on crypto and doing all that is fine as long as you know how much you want to speculate on it. Keeping Bitcoin and ETH as an investment is not an issue. But not, not you should not be in a position where you don't have one year of runway. If you have it at one point of time, don't be greedy and not keep that money because you need to pay employees. You need to pay your rent. You need to buy brushes. You need to buy food. Like, like basic necessities need to be taken care of. And and people who are bullish, whose job is to be crazy as investors and traders, it's that is their job. If you want to do that, that's fine. But don't do that if your focus and your passion and your, your business is being an artist. Like that's so what, what happened from how
0: you thought that it won't come down under uh, four thousand, yeah. but it came to thirty six, and then
1: how how did it become zero? I mean, was so there a contract how, how that if it goes under is, that, you lose it? So how it works is so here's the thing, right? Like let's assume Bitcoin was ten thousand uh, yeah. dollars. I think it was under that, right? Like it was ten thousand dollars, and let's assume you take a five thousand dollar loan on it. Just giving you an example, right? So, that means they have 100% of my collateral and they've given me 50% of the money, right? And uh, I use that money to pay salaries, etc, etc. But let's assume Bitcoin goes to 6,000, 5,500, right? So, now it's close to the amount of money that they have given to me. Right. So, then they will start selling it. So, they will be like... so. I wanted to sell Bitcoin at 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, 100,000. Like that was the dream. The reason I didn't sell Bitcoin at 10,000 and took a loan on it is because I believed in it so much that I felt like it's it's not going to go below. And I thought i will be able to sell it for 100,000. But because I'd taken a $5,000 loan, that means the company would sell it when it starts reaching near the amount of loan I've taken because that's collateral for them. And essentially, I sold all my Bitcoin uh, and my company's Bitcoin at like four thousand dollars and below like my my the loan amount the way it worked is that for me my till four thousand dollars i was secure right but below that i ended up selling all my btc and the money i had taken before as a loan any which way. so Mm -hmm. there was nothing for me to get out of it major major setback however that's fine see all these things are cost of education like if i didn't learn it i i wouldn't be where I am, I wouldn't be learning as much as I could. I wouldn't be thinking the way I am. I wouldn't be able to help people if I want to. So there is a lot to that. Uh, so yeah. So from what I take from this
0: is let the trading and the crazy thing be to people who are that doing that full time. If you are a creator, NFT creator, or a media house like you, focus more on the creation and the the way you're adding value originally. So yeah, uh, most of us are doing that including me so i hope listeners listening this video to this talk will also gain that insight uh, about about that so uh, my question about DeFi was when we we were speaking last time that when artists earn a lot from this uh, we also there's there are many uh, people successful people who talk about streams of passive income and you should put your finance uh, if the money is ideal somewhere it's not worth it if it is Uh, being some put somewhere else money is making money and you're earning from money so in that way i wanted to ask uh, what when an artist earns suppose 10 20 or 30 percent they want to put it somewhere that that gains them returns so what are the ways uh, that you think uh, should be invested or where can that be put instead of just waiting for the value to go up is there a way that they can invest somewhere and they can get earn interest from it
1: so how do you think the interest is generated with these companies, right? So let's assume you put in a money in a company and you get 10% interest back. What do you think they're doing?
0: They're selling it forward. I mean, traditionally, they loan it forward, right? Like the banks.
1: Yes. And then when the company they've loaned it to capitulates. So here's the thing. If you take a $100,000 loan, like the, the borrower uh, is at risk, right? But when you take a $100 million loan, then the lender is at risk like this is this is the thing because liquidity does not favor the lender at that point of time so the point i'm trying to make here is that the easiest thing to do in this space is really if you believe in BTC and eth just holding that is really hard and not playing around with it is something which i would highly recommend and i've always recommended that like i'm not a trader uh, i took a big risk on bitcoin once like i told you about and and i realized that you don't need to to make big money with eth and btc or any of these coins right buying and keeping it and not putting it to work is actually the best thing to do because the person who is putting it to work for you is going to mess up or might have a chance you want to met, they might mess up and and you would never know that so literally the best thing to do is keep it with yourself and it, that's going to make you enough already like why be more greedy about it like if you want returns on something let's assume you get two percent out of it or let's assume you get 10 percent out of it but what if you end up losing the entire amount that you had deposited with them because they had a hack or they kind of messed up in one way or the others and, and you would never know that so and the other thing i would i would say is that buy stuff that you use right like so if you're using uniswap then get some uni tokens, right? Like, if you're using super rare and they have a coin, then buying that token is a good idea. If you, if you like whatever systems in crypto that you use, having those coins is never a bad idea.
0: Hmm. I have, uh, I have got some Matic as well, as you said, right? Polygon was coming in, layer two solution for that, and then, uh, that uh, the the. Focus for Polygon is not so good right now in the, amongst the artists. Uh, they're more favoring towards Tezos or just keeping out Ethereum. Yeah. So what is your view of a Polygon as L2 and for the NFTs?
1: Well, the thing is that L2s just provide the highways, right? Now, what kind of cars drive that highway will depend on you know, where it's located, how, what kind of manufacturer is pushing for, you know, like a layer two or a layer one is just a highway, right? If people good build good tools for developers on it or, or good marketplaces and know how to get liquidity, things will be fine. So what I've seen is that Matic's focus has been a lot core towards the gaming side quite a bit uh, and gaming will be massive any which way. It's big. But gaming will be really, really big. And with gaming will come liquidity. The art side would, in my opinion, be much smaller than gaming. Like as like as gaming increases in crypto, art will increase as well. Vice versa. Uh, but like the gaming side will be much, much bigger in general. So uh, they are like, I think the Polygon side have a bunch of projects. And I think the M- MF Hussain side is with them as well. I think a bunch of other big names are also something that they're trying to do as well. Uh, and like OpenSea supports them. They they are supported by Circle for USDC, which brings in the liquidity as well. So you have stable coins, you have you have big platforms supporting them. So there is a lot of positivity towards it, right? Like what I've seen with Tezos is that they've managed to get a lot of big and, and very, very good artists on board. But... I want to see how long which one lasts, right? Like for me, again, like following these things, I'm not pro Tezos, pro Polygon, pro Binance, pro Ethereum or anything. Like for me, it's like all of them, whichever helps the artists out, whichever helps the collectors out, whichever is good for now. And tomorrow, if somebody improves, I want to see that as well. Like at the end of the day, that's the most fun part about the space, right? Uh, So I I think foundation has been my favorite experience in sort of NFT, but it still has glitches, right? Sometimes I have, I think the user experience still isn't like very, very high quality. I don't have an Apple, you know, an Apple product type experience with any of the marketplaces yet. Uh, But like, it works pretty fine. I've had so many issues with OpenSea. Like really, like it's been... been, OpenSea
0: keeps having problems. Yeah. What about SuperRare?
1: I... I've tested it out, but I didn't buy anything. Like I've connected my wallet and played around with it, but I've not uh, I've not really bought anything on Super Air yet. Like I'm just like for me, like also like I like to buy stuff on things that I am used to. Like the reason I put out the question is because like you know, why why are you putting out stuff in two places? Because if somebody likes your art, just buying it in one place and having a role collection, yeah. it's just easier, right? Like it just becomes easier for a collector. Uh, but I think there is also a mentality where artists think that if they're not in two places they will miss out on an opportunity and I think artists FOMOing right now is just a bad idea because there is really nothing to FOMO about like there is only a world of opportunity which is there and just seeing that is is important that's what our-
0: I thought uh, what we are doing and how we are reaching out no matter where if the collector likes the artwork they'll come to whichever platform we are on yeah. So that's what I was thinking. So there's no point about FOMOing, okay, I'll get collectors who are there on those platforms as well. And I didn't want to get into that because now and then many more platforms will be coming in. I said, let me just build my collector base or a community. And then we can decide on based on the technology which is giving an edge. So user interface or the inbuilt technology or the contracts or UX for the collector, all those things. Yeah. So... Um, Tezos, apart from the art place, well, uh, have you seen that coin in gaming or any other place? What is the USP of Tezos?
1: Well, USP of any layer one is the same to provide decentralization to other ones and be used as fees for the layer one, right? Like uh, a layer one and layer two business is fairly, fairly simple, right? Like they just need to provide security and you know ease of use and low fees to people while providing decentralization, right? Like that's a layer one's goal, right? The reason you pay ETH fees is because ETH is providing you that security and decentralization and all the elements that come with it, right? The reason you can see your transaction on EtherScan is because ETH allows you to mint and kind of use their highway to run your car on. Like essentially, that's how you need to see it. Like that's what these, these companies are doing. Because of this, and you're not using an AWS server, the, the price is not fees. Because an AWS server, you can do a much more transaction with no decentralization because it's happening in one centralized processor. Uh, the, the, the the kind of fees comes in for the cost of decentralization as well. Wow. Um, so, like... So,
0: Tezos, have you heard or talk about Tezos apart from the art space?
1: Is yeah, Is yeah, something else? Of course, man. Like, they... They're, they're trying to do a lot of interesting stuff for a while, right? Like their systems uh, and, and their sort of approach is quite different, even in terms of marketing, even in terms of like their staking solution, right? Like I think they're called bakers uh, instead of stakers on their platform. It It's like they're trying to do something which is a little more interesting, a bit different as well. I think Cosmos kind of stands out in that regard as well. Their systems are pretty interesting, though nobody in Cosmos has yet become very uh hasn't built anything worthwhile for the nft side yet at least of what i've seen however i think uh, my biggest excitement is efinity uh, on polkadot and i think that will be the real game changer like i've been a big fan of engine for a while they're not always the first people to launch stuff but they really are building something which i think they so they, they they're launching this platform called nft.io and i think that that is going to have all the chains on it from tezos to flow to polygon to bsc to ethereum to infinity so or whatever
0: would that be possible Interchange transaction can i purchase
1: um, yeah i think that tezos the, that's and get it on thing. ethereum yeah i think that's that's what polygon oh, polygon now polkadot is doing uh, is to bring in much more ease of comp- composability and interoperability within platforms and, and I'd love to see that happen as well. Again uh, they have a new wallet released that is on Android and I just have Apple with me. So once that happens I can't wait to test their wallet. It has all this stuff in it and this the then first time
0: I'm, This is the first time listening for somebody to launch first on Android and then on iPhone. Usually all these uh, developments happen first on iPhone and then come to Android.
1: I think the update first got approved on android right like i think it's more to do. it's not it's not i don't think it's a it's a completely new refreshed wallet however like it's not a new app that they're launching it's like an update to the previous app only so mm-hmm. so i think the update becomes faster with android takes a little while with apple uh or whatever i don't know i don't know the insides of that but it's not there on apple yet but i think i cannot wait you can do multi-transfers like you can just select three nfts and transfer them in one go rather than sending one by one. Uh, a lot of mm. lot of cool features like just the display. I've seen some of the demos of it. Oh, it's it's gonna be such a delight to use. Like <laughs> is the thing, man. Like we're still dealing with freaking uh, Napster of the NFT space right now. There is no Google yet. There is no Amazon yet. Like all the experiences we're doing, and that's why we should be excited about being early. Because from my side, I am. I'm an observer. Like, I think that's my biggest job. Like, I love to see things evolve. Like, I like to see technologies evolve. Like, I've seen so much change in terms of narratives, so much change in terms of use cases, people's understanding, sentiments, over the last five, six years, that it's, it's amazing. And I still get up as excited as I did the first day I got into crypto. So uh, seeing all these new things come up and seeing people really find... Ease to use products but here's the here's the thing that me like as things will become easier, fees will reduce, the madness will go away, more people will come in, and at that point, really like to establish yourself as an artist will become much more painful because a lot more people will come in. Although new buyers will come in, but they will still look for more established artists. So that's why now is the time that le- legendary artists can really focus on going to that level because this time will not come again. Like you must understand this excitement that I feel. If you're feeling fear and you're feeling scared, like need to get rid of that tomorrow or yesterday and get to work to making sure that you're ready when like everything becomes easy. Fees will reduce, you know, money will come in. Markets will become stabilized. There will be a lot more. Why do you think there will be no USDC based marketplace? initially when all everything in terms of exchanges everything was traded against btc 2014 15 16 17 like every the volumes against btc were higher what eth is uh, was btc back then and then usdt came out and nobody liked it nobody used it then people started using it more then usdc came out now we have a stable coin which has we have stable coins, which have far more volumes and everybody's trading crypto against stable coins. Eventually it's going to happen with NFTs as well. When artists will realize that, you know, they, they want to be artists. They don't want to be speculating on Bitcoin price or Ethereum prices, right? And it becomes difficult for them to sustain business for a trader. Trading against Bitcoin is still easier than somebody who's trying to build their life around selling NFTs. And, 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 and i've seen this happen and i can tell you that this this is a mindset which artists need to kind of change if if they like I, I don't know maybe i'm wrong i'm i'm just like i feel strongly about it though
0: so speculation is not main concern for artists from what i'm speaking right now many of them are even saying that i'll no, i'll go and get a mcdonald's do, uh, job or some other job but i won't liquidate my uh, things right now. See, when looking it is for low. a
1: job on the so, side and not focusing. No, see, let it, me complete.
0: So yeah. you talked about speculation and artists. So artists are not really into speculation. Main hurdles for them is, as you mentioned, gas prices for minting their works. Uh, that that is avoided in uh, other chains like Tezos or other platforms. The other issue is banning. Uh, their Iran and Russia and many other countries are banned by OpenSea and now you know no origin so just having those marketplaces. Third concern would be marketing, as we discussed in first. So these are these are concerns much before then speculation of the prices for the artists.
1: Listen, man, the concerns that you're talking about really are the reason why there are less artists in this space, why there is an opportunity. The fact that fees is high, that you know, that it's hard, is why the opportunity exists. Because once things will be fixed. You won't be able to get the time to establish yourselves to be where you really want to be now. And and that's the thing. When you're saying artists saying that they can can work at McDonald's and survive, right? This is the problem because they're not realizing that time now in this space is priority. That is the most valuable thing that they have. This time that they will have for the next two or three years to work and establish themselves, build their art is not going to come back again. That's what I'm absolutely, trying
0: to say. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So uh, there are some people, I'm, I'm not talking that this is uh, with everyone's case, but somebody who needs to something for immediate survival, they can do that. It's personal and subjective to every person. But overall, uh, from this discussion, it's more the more you focus on the artwork and more you establish uh, in this golden opportunity of this bear market and this uh, next two years would be uh, good yeah. for you.
1: And Uh, not establish yourself by marketing to people in the space right now. There is no need. Like you have to be established yourself by understanding what kind of art you want to make, understanding what kind of brand you want to build, understanding, you know, how make, make nice websites. Like most artists, they have good collections, but, like the art the websites are really hard to find where the things are like linktree is great right but many of them linktrees are broken as well like so many artists i click on the linktree and it just doesn't lead to anywhere it's like this linktree profile isn't complete like i'm like how careless can you be like you're tweeting 30 times a day and your linktree doesn't work <laughs> and 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 this is problematic because many of them the art that they post on twitter is amazing but then i don't have like what do i do i message them and tell them that your linktree isn't working and then yeah, it's it's kind of like really strange sometimes that the opportunity is knocking here and they're spending time on the wrong areas because there is a trend that everybody should be doing, you know, marketing, because you're marketing to the wrong people right now. There is a lot more important stuff to be done than just that. Like, and and it doesn't bother me. Like for me, do what you want. Like what bothers me is that you know, when people have a certain potential and And they can really... Potential
0: is wasted in some other uh, area that is not... And the
1: opportunities goes away and they will realize later that, hey, man, I could have done that. And and that's all. That's all. And I'm also passionate, (laughs) but I'm also really tired because I've been like, I slept at like five last night and I got up at like eight and I've been doing like so much because for me, this is the most exciting time. Like what I'm working on building, trying to create is super exciting. Plus my journey with the NFT art side, we're building something for the gaming side as well. So... Yeah, tell us more about that, please.
0: What what are you working on?
1: So a couple of things, right? So Altcoin Buzz, like we have a few sort of sub-brands, uh, sub, sub brands, right? So we have Altcoin Buzz News, which is like daily news. There is Spotlight, which is like reviews and interviews. Then we have uh, Trading, which is like technical analysis, price prediction. Then we have tutorials, how to use Binance or OpenSea or uniswap or whatever right like how to use a particular platform and and kind of like that's the speculatory side of things and the fundamental side of things and the more altcoin side of things and and we've been very passionate in supporting a lot of games and stuff because we love the gaming side we love the art side but sort of altcoin buzz as a brand kind of fits really well with what we are doing with it right now we're not being able to break into the mold of you know reaching out to more uh, games and nft side because if they have a token then then kind of altcoin buzz does resonate with them so we're first launching this thing called fungible right so fungible.com will be like a blockchain gaming rating and review website and it'll be zero speculation it's like graphics of the game the story of the game how's the gameplay and and the quality of like sort of like the in-game economics and, you know, how would you rate it? Is Think of it like a Rotten Tomatoes for blockchain gaming, right? Like, so you can find and sort game oh. by action game, role-playing game. If it's fine, like it's not oh. going to sort you by the how much money you can earn because we just want to promote good games because money will come in, right? Like at the end of the day, I think a human is naturally built in a way that they're supposed to get bored of games, But if you can find a good game, you will play for a much longer time. And and many of these play-to-earn games are people who are just playing to make money for food and survival. which, Which takes away the entertainment from gaming and makes it like work. And it's kind of like kind of weird in my head. So I kind of want to build something so that I can find interesting games. And then we will then work on fungible art. And fungible art would be like all the artists kind of art compiled together. And I think this is a problem I'm trying to solve for myself, trying, spending so much time here. Like if there was a place where I can, whether it's on Foundation, whether it's on OpenSea, whether it's on Tezos, whatever, right? Like people should be able to talk about that art. And there has to be a place where I can maintain that rather than an artist posting 15 times on Twitter, getting 10 good comments here, 10 good comments there, not being able to compile anything. So I kind of feel that... I want to make this a much easier system for the artist to be able to share their information and even, you know, people to talk about that particular art and I and I kind of want to, and I'm pretty excited to work on that as well. Uh, besides that, like uh, a bunch of other things which are future plans that we're working on, which are as exciting but yet very time consuming as well. So yeah, that's, there's a lot at my end. We launched AllCoinBuzz Labs, which is like a which is like a incubation arm where we're trying to help projects really to navigate the web three space like problems that are existing in it and and they're coming from web 2 world they can easily kind of figure out a bunch of issues before they start making the same mistakes that people have been making for the last couple of years if not more Um, so the lab side we're working with like a few projects a year but but really trying to be working with people who, who have the product sorted out so we help with a bit of legal side, a bit of regulation, a bit of compliance, a bit of, you know, uh, marketing strategy, like how to build communities organically and how to kind of, you know, talk about the product in the right manner, like all that jazz. And yeah, it's it's pretty exciting as well.
0: That's very interesting. I would love to see that uh, when it comes out. So I've seen, to ask you further, you have tweeted some amazing tweets uh, in this uh, downturn and The interesting times we are in right now so what are your comments on this bear market or what is happening these days
1: yeah so because one of the features of the crypto space is liquidity right like anybody can enter right like it doesn't it's not like you need to have a license to be trading anywhere in crypto it's just it's just everywhere right so uh, that brings in a lot of like extra pumps and that's why we see that kind of volatility and volatility itself is a feature of this space uh for me like i don't trade i don't i I buy the dips and if i think it's a little extended i take some profits like i keep my money in btc and eth quite a bit and you know like that's it i don't mess around with it but of course i have enough reserves to survive the company and myself for a couple of years right like in 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 cash as well like um but but how do i see it i think i think we are not going to be pumping anywhere over all-time highs anytime soon and 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 we shouldn't right like a lot of people who don't understand what's happening in this space who aren't ready for the next few months have put in a lot more money than they they should have and 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 they always get into trouble. And I've seen this so many times. And also, if you look at the chart, right? Like the easiest way is look at how the charts are going, right? You've never seen a chart where it's like down now and it just goes back to all-time high within six months. No, it's going to take its time. We will will have ups and downs. And and yeah, so don't waste time looking at the market, frankly. Like do something. (laughs) You know, I was,
0: as you're talking, altcoin buzz. I would really like to see videos that will help onboard non-crypto natives. I'm sure you'll have a couple of them. But when I go and talk to people around, they want some videos or they have so many questions and doubts of why should you get into NFT? What is NFT? Or how to get into blockchain? Many of them didn't come because they thought crypto is just speculative. But with NFTs, uh, there is something to own. There is somebody to support. So it will be really awesome if uh, Altcoin will see more videos or series of videos to onboard non-crypto natives. So I've also started that uh, with whatever I can say or whatever I have, how much ever I know. Uh, First video was I I had given giveaways to people who have bought my brother's book. It was an NFT. And people I met in, met in real life in, in Namaste NFT in Bangalore, I had given out them some NFTs. So those people who still haven't had their first NFTs, I made a video for them. Yeah. This is how you have to make your wallet. This is where you'll get to see your uh, NFT in OpenSea. Yeah. This is your seed phrase. This is important. This is how you should keep. And all these things, all that thing about, yeah. a brief about why, why it is and what how to do that. Yeah. So that next video, which I'm planning to make is about why, what is NFTs? Uh, I mean, I got it in the same comments from people who, uh, from non-natives that what is NFTs and how to get into it. So a uh, uh, media company like yours, which is already into it, it'll be really a great uh, thing for the whole NFT space or community. If uh, there is a dedicated channel answering all the questions in an easy way. Uh, from all the perspectives in pun, place for the non-crypto natives
1: yeah what so did... one of the theses that like our brand thesis is fairly simple right like and this will go across products whether it's altcoin buzz or fungible which is our goal is for people who want to get into crypto to make it easy for them to actually getting into crypto right like that's that's the gap that we fill right so and everything we do in terms of news information We do make it as simple as possible, right? Uh, But the questions that you're asking become a little more niche, right? Like from NFT side, like I've been literally giving away NFTs for free since 2018. Like the first time I gave it to my community, they were like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, what do I do with an NFT, right? And uh, I remember I did a talk in Singapore for this Indian Women's Association and they were like, uh, you know, like, uh, like tell us about crypto. And I'm like, just buy Bitcoin and do nothing. Like, Bitcoin is like $8,000 or $6,000 at that time. I'm like, just do nothing. Don't trade. Like, because there was somebody else who had come and spoken to them and they're like, you should trade it. And this is, and I said, don't do anything. Like, you don't need to play around with this. This is an asset you just keep and it will give you res- like results, right? Like, you don't need to do anything with this money. And and I've realized if people want information, like they can always tweet out and like message me on Twitter or whatever. And we're on the Bus chat on Telegram all the time, like whatever if somebody has some interesting questions willing to answer them. We do put out content, uh, but it's, it's very like information-based. We don't make education-based stuff yet is also because it doesn't do so well. Like that content doesn't have a big market unless somebody gets a group together that is keen on doing it but educational content doesn't have much of a market in Mm -hmm. general right like people just want actionable content we're trying to change that so from our side we try to change things and make it more like long term like give people information that gives them to believe in things long term but like really like even the long term in my eyes is super short term as well right like six months seems like long term people but six months nothing like I don't have a six-month plan. I have a two-year plan and I have a five-year plan. Like, So uh, if there are people who want to ask questions, we, we can work on putting something together between you and me. They can ask you the questions and we can discuss it amongst ourselves and you can put it out there or we can collectively talk on it. We keep it as efficient as possible. And then, yeah, whatever you want, man.
0: <laughs> awesome. That would be great. So uh, what kind of content to the viewers here? What uh, informative as in what what's happening now? What are the other platforms or what kind of information do you cover?
1: So we cover like all the news, updates. We do price analysis, trading analysis, kind of where the price would be heading in the short term, long term, medium term, like whatever. Uh, we look at like updates, like what projects are doing, something interesting, which are continuing to do stuff even in the bear market, uh, we look at, like, focus on interviews, like, I, I speak with people about interesting things that are happening every once in a while, like, I haven't done too many podcasts this year, but we'll get back to that, then we do featured project breakdowns to kind of break down into, you know, what is fundamental analysis on various parameters for existing projects as well, um uh, and uh, yeah like it's it's fairly simple and and we've been doing it for a while we've posted 3000 videos so far uh 3000 wow yeah and uh, i think way more i think 3100 now and and uh, yeah we've got like 31 million plus views on the channel already it's good it's good it's we learned so much from it <sighs>
0: Other question, uh, in this bear market, people are withdrawing into more into fiat directly or have you seen that uh, funds from Bitcoin go to stable coins and how are those stable coins working?
1: So, uh, market cap of stable coin seems to be going down a bit. Like we've been seeing Tether market cap reducing by a billion dollars a day for the last few days um and uh, i think a lot of it should go into btc itself or eth as well like but this is bound to happen in in sort of the medium term i feel that not too much tether will be printed and people will be cashing out quite a bit because a lot of tether was printed uh in the last 6 months like a crazy amount and people will take losses and leave and that's the thing with in- institutional investors right They're not hodlers like us. For them, the last thing in their portfolio is the first thing out. The last thing which has most liquidity and can be sold most easily is the first thing out. The riskiest asset that they have in their portfolio is the first thing out. So there are a lot of reasons why they added BTC, but there are a lot of reasons why institutions will not keep BTC for this down market at this moment. Because they would want to save their assets like land, gold, bonds, etc., a little more, right? So I feel like we will have a bit of liquidity crunch, like not not like crazy amount, but just a bit of Tether and USDC leaving the space, uh, kind of volumes reducing over the last next few months. But but yeah, let's see, like there is a ETF, a Bitcoin short ETF, which was announced today. And it's crazy, like you can sell BTC now as an institution without, without buying btc so that means you can benefit from btc price going down it's quite interesting. So shorting
0: they yeah. basically short
1: uh, btc yeah it was so, approved it was approved for new york stock exchange
0: wow when did today in a couple of days yeah i saw it today today awesome uh, okay
1: so it can go more down with that <laughs> all bears shorting btc it's fine. So, we we, we short squeezed AMC, we'll short squeeze BTC, man. Like, come on. I don't know. I don't know what'll happen, but I I'm not selling. Like for me it's simple, right? Like Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever, like we rise with it. Like whatever I've done, whatever sort of success I've had is because of Bitcoin and crypto. If it goes down, I go down with it. Like who I don't fear this shit.
0: Technology is so good that uh, I'm not going to go. I, there was a question about, are you still hanging? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. I have I have burnt all my bridges. There's no going back. I am just into this and forward from here. Yeah, <laughs> Because the technology itself is so awesome. It is solving so many problems. I have more faith in the technology than whatever the price is. Because people have concerns for liquidity, as you mentioned. And they have the other things to do. That's why they're playing around and of course there will be cycles and uh, coming and going so that will be according to that but uh, coming back to defi can you educate us more, more on uh, what uh, can be done simply and with low low risk or just for fun 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 sake 10 20% if they want to do where they can do
1: so how defi works and how it is different from CFI is that it makes a system where you are trusting a party and makes it a trustless system. Like that's what DeFi does. That means when you're trading against somebody on Uniswap, you're trading directly with them and there is no Binance or Coinbase or Crypto.com or Huobi or OKEX that has custody of your assets, right? Like it's one is to one change from a trustless environment. And that's why the fees are higher, and that's why the way the system works is a bit slow as well right now because it's on ETH, whatever, right? Like it's just not as efficient as doing 400,000 transactions a second that many of these servers of these big exchanges can handle. Now, now what DeFi does is that you can do is participate in protocols by lending, borrowing, by you know putting your assets for staking and earning more of the same asset as well. Um, how it worked in sort of luna was you could stake in luna and take out usd and kind of have a stable asset around a appreciating asset at the initial stages and stuff right what what i would say again is like i told you this six months ago when you asked me the same question or four months ago is like you know how do i earn passive income and i was like you can just put it on whatever, right? it could be Celsius Network or crypto.com or Nexo or whatever, which are centralized and kind of earn, you know, money back. But I warned you very carefully, like seriously, that don't do it. Like I don't do most of it. You shouldn't do it either. But these are the ways. And look mm-hmm. what's happened with Celsius now. You can't withdraw money. Maybe you will be able to withdraw it later on. But these are things that, you know, you can try. There are many options. Staking is one. But let's assume you stake for 10% returns. Or so Let's assume you stake for 20% returns your your asset, right? Only when you believe in that value of that asset going tremendously high and you don't intend to buy more of it for the next three years, four years, then it's fine. But what if you buy an asset for $1 and it goes to like $0.09, nine cents, $0.10, cents, whatever? Then you lost way more money than had you just had the opportunity to sell it Uh, and possibly bought back cheaper with more quantity of the asset back. So the amount you're earning out of staking becomes irrelevant, like it becomes redundant. So like keeping these things in mind, just playing around with DeFi a bit, just to test out how these things work is fine. Uh, There are many things to do, but then you should either do it if you have a lot of money or if you're just learning and testing things out, is what I would say, because if you want to play around with 100, 200 bucks, whatever, like you'll end up paying more in fees and get nothing out of it. So cost of education is whatever you're willing to pay, in my opinion. Like some people like me me pay a very high cost of education and then we just focus on buying and selling and we think that, you know, our work and just hodling is far more important. And then of course, like there are many people in the team that we have who are doing a lot of passive income, staking, doing multiple things. But we have like, that if you go to the playlist on YouTube or the tutorial segment on our website, you will be able to see a lot of means by which you can do staking, lending, borrowing, using a decentralized exchange, etc, etc.
0: Okay, so coming to more upbeat question, what you were into music, so tell us a bit more about that and are you still creating music or how, how do
1: you do it? I don't know how you found that out man <laughs> I have my resources <laughs> so I I I was I was like again like with with art as well like I tried to do like I do some sculpting every once in a while I paint on my uh um, like my iPad every once in a while but I'm shit right like the music thing was just like I like to understand because you know, you appreciate art or music or whatever, like even I try cooking as well, but you you kind of appreciate those things when you kind of try it out on your own. Uh, And I I love, and I started my career in the music business, right? Like I had a 360 degree with music for independent artists back in India, uh, back in like 2006, 2007, where we were trying to, you know, record, have a record label, have a recording studio, have events and stuff. We were publishing, you know, news and updates, we were having a podcast, we were doing merchandising, we had an e-commerce store, you know, like nobody cared about e-commerce stores back then and stuff. So it was, for me, it was like, okay, man, like internet has come and this opens opportunities for me to start a label or do something crazy that, you know, makes easy for artists to do. And uh, I loved that time there, but then that industry just didn't have money I wasn't an experienced businessman. I mean, I, I was a lawyer, so I didn't really know how to do business. I was just doing these things because I was so passionate about them. But then I quit everything and I was like, I wanna do a job and understand how business really works. So I spent like four years doing that. And then I was like, let's let's find out an industry where there is money, there is art, there is fun, and I'm passionate about. And then started looking at AR, VR, AI, 3D printing, And of course, cryptocurrency. And then when demonetization happened in 2016, I was like, well, I'm going to possibly just focus on cryptocurrency, something that I didn't understand at all back then. So um, that's been sort of my journey in a nutshell. I've loved it. Like, I think it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. What is
0: your favorite food?
1: I'm a vegan. So like... Tasty vegan food all over the world is something I've enjoyed. These days I'm enjoying this really nice vegetarian/slash vegan Korean restaurant that that I have not so far away from my place, uh called Boneless Kitchen. It's just fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's a bit of an acquired taste for me. I didn't like Korean food like at least three years ago, and before that I just would cannot couldn't stand it. But it's a new taste. I'm enjoying that quite a bit um mm-hmm. i like uh, i like a bit of vegan fusion food wherever i can find it um then like i think some of the best vegan food i had when i was traveling in the u.s uh i think like la has some fantastic vegan food switzerland not so much everything as butter and cheese um yeah what's my favorite food in general like chola batura is vegan enough man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Okay, what's on your bucket list?
1: Well, uh, I don't know, like, right now, it's just my five-year roadmap that I need to complete about things that I'm working on right now and building. Um, so that that's it. Like, in terms of bucket list, doing something crazy, maybe see Aurora Borealis once. Like, I've been to Norway, but I've never seen the Northern Lights. So, seeing that would be cool. I think... Um, I think... I don't know. Like, that's that, that could be it.
0: What are your views on uh, NFT, NYC, which is happening? I have today. no
1: clue what's happening, man. Like, I'm not following that at all. Like, I have... Like, this... See, the thing is that my journey with the NFT side is so exciting for me, it doesn't involve anyone. Like it's just, it's just my thing. And I think uh, I, I try to not get too much into art and like the commercial and the pop side of it initially, at least uh, because it, it messes up with your mind and I'm loving my journey. So I'm kind of like trying not to get too many ideas from too many people uh, just so that I can, (laughs) yeah, have my own thing, right? Like, so I'm not following what's happening. A lot of my friends have gone there and uh, but they they're doing business there most likely. Um yeah, I I have no clue. I just saw the 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 people, you know, kind of saying bill like NFTs are the devil and ah those
0: <laughs> that thing that came out. <laughs> that was a good meme. This is the example of when you
1: buy the tops. <laughs> i don't think those guys bought anything i i don't even know what they were doing with those ugly ass banners man i am not know what's happening there like do you have any context to that I, i don't have any
0: so i think nft nyc is the place for the people in nfts to be because just for the sheer goodwill it has many people or recognized people are coming there to the event there are several no, no, speakers. No, you know,
1: no, I don't care about it. I know what NFT NYC is. Most people would know that. I'm talking about the reason why people are rebelling against.
0: Ah, uh, why people are rebelling. Yeah. I still have to figure that out. But from the yeah. boards, it was like, listen to Bill Gates and uh, NFTs is uh, is against Christ and non uh, Christian thing and things like that. So I, I didn't, I couldn't figure out the reason for how that this can be so strongly opposed some some particular religion.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, let me I, let me pull out that meme. I'll uh, check that out.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a bunch of them, but like, I, I want to know, get to know more context because like, it's always interesting to see people's perspective. But that none of those people seem to care about either NFTs or whatever. Like they they, they just I. I don't know, like I have zero context into what instigated this sort of movement, and uh, maybe do you think they supported another blockchain or what was it? Right, like
0: <laughs> they might have got rugged in a NFT uh, rug pool. That's the biggest mm. thing that I think.
1: Right. Well, yes, because
0: that's why they are targeting NFT, you no, know, not blockchain or crypto.
1: So yeah okay man I think this was great speaking with you I'm gonna yes go now have a good rest yeah awesome (laughs) speaking with you again man thank you so much for having I hope this recording goes through and no issues. thanks for tuning in
0: connect with me on twitter and instagram to get updates on the new shows and to participate on live recordings all links are mentioned in the show notes We will be back next week with another fantastic episode.